1: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Paul Molyneux from Mission Australia. How are you doing, Paul? Great, thanks, Matt. It's fantastic to be with you. Now, I'm looking forward to finding out a little bit about your work with Mission Australia, but let's firstly find out a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised?
0: I was born in Wewak up in Papua New Guinea. My parents were missionaries. Uh, up there for about 15 years, and my mother was a nurse and my dad was a mechanic, well, a bush mechanic anyway, (laughs) and uh, they spent uh, a lot of great time up there, and on weekends they would uh, go and plant churches uh, as they were up there uh, providing and meeting various services and needs for the locals uh, in that region. That was in the 60s and 70s.
1: And how old were you when you uh, left Papua New Guinea? How long were you there for?
0: Yeah, I was born in 1970, so we were there for six years and uh, my parents have got three older sisters, so my parents wanted to bring us back to Australia. We moved to Perth uh, and we spent uh, yeah, great times together. We've got very fond memories of New Guinea uh, and then also in moving uh, back to Perth uh, and you know, getting educated and uh, having a great family time together there.
1: And tell us a bit about your faith journey. Were you always a believer or was there a, a big conversion experience? How did you come to faith?
0: Look, I've always had a, a sense that God was uh, had his hand upon my life. And so I've always uh, you know, stayed pretty close to him. But I think for all of us, there was always a time that we identify. It was actually at this point, and for me, it was around 15 years of age, that I knew that I wasn't just going to float along. along with the crowd or even just go to the youth group that we were a part of uh, in the small church that we attended in Perth, but actually it was a time of surrendering my life to God and actually making that that moment and that commitment uh, that all of us can do and should do, and it was from that point when I was 15, and, and really in making that decision, that then set the tone for lots of other decisions that I made in my life uh, to to serve God, to reach out to my friends at high school uh, and then in the workplaces I, I got a job. So it really defined, or was a defining moment for my life uh, in my teenage years.
1: And tell us a bit about your early years as a Christian. Were you uh, involved in youth ministry? You, you probably were a youth leader, were you?
0: Well, yes, I was, we were part of a, a church in Perth of about 80 people and a youth group of about 20 people And we just loved it. It was a great community and we really thrived there. Uh, In fact, my brother was the youth leader and I was supporting him, uh, but always tried to, you know, stay engaged and serve as much as we could. Lots of great memories in Perth. Lots of youth groups would come together and there was a real sense of camaraderie uh, as we would, you know, grow together. Uh, We also had lots of great opportunities to reach out and can remember, you know, many occasions where we've been able to engage either in the city of Perth uh, in more street evangelism uh, type activities or some of the large events that would take place there. Uh, We had the America's Cup while we were growing up in Perth and some significant events uh, where we saw uh, the name of of Jesus really lifted high in Perth and I think that's been a regular occurrence uh, in Perth and today we see there's lots of significant churches in WA and uh, have had an impact across that state. Mm.
1: And tell us a bit about your early career. What kind of work did you do after school?
0: Yes, yeah, I left school. I trained as an apprentice chef, and so I completed my apprenticeship. I had always said that I wanted to go to Bible college and to uh, just commit my life to, to serving others. Uh, but my dad, who was a missionary and a pastor, said that you always needed a trade to support yourself, a little bit like the Apostle Paul uh, in a tent-making ministry. You've always got to be able to support yourself in ministry and family. And and that was a a great principle. And so I was an apprentice chef, worked uh, in a restaurant chain over in WA and had a great time uh, in that industry, Uh, a great industry, uh, lots of young people and uh, certainly lots of opportunity I had to share my faith. Uh, And it set me up well because I moved to to Melbourne to go to Bible College and uh, was able to support myself in work while I attended Bible College and got involved in a a local church over here.
1: And what did you do after Bible College?
0: Oh, well, really, I mean, I did a a number of, uh, you know, part-time jobs. Uh, but in my early twenties, I started working as a youth leader at what is now called Newman Church here in Melbourne. It was called Richmond Assembly of God back in the day uh, when I was there. And again, some great memories of being engaged with young people and uh, hundreds of youth and hundreds of families that we could really grow in faith together. And we saw lots of high school outreaches and lots of young people really discovering what their purpose. Was in life, but also really discovering they were loved by uh, a loving father and loved by God. Uh, many people grow up with that sense that that God is there to judge us, but actually we remember, you know, through that time, literally hundreds of stories of young people that really discovered that God was not their judge, but He was a loving father toward them and wanted to call them into a relationship with Him. So, yeah, we've got very fond memories of serving there, and so. I- I spent most of my life in two churches at Richmond AOG and then City Life Church uh, for numbers of years before joining Mission Australia.
1: And City Life Church uh, was pastored by Pastor Mark Connor for a number of years, and I I remember uh, uh, reading uh, in Bible College uh, Kevin Connor's books all those years back. And uh, you know, an incredible church, one of the the most influential churches uh, in uh, in Australia, of course. Uh, and I think that's when I first met you we were at a Christian lobby function in Canberra, and you were were you like executive pastor, was that your role or?
0: That's right, yes, and so that's right uh Kevin Connor certainly a fairly uh, significant figure uh certainly in the church in Melbourne, but he's also had a fairly significant worldwide influence, authored over ninety books, uh, a very good bible teacher, and of course his son Mark Connor was the pastor of city life uh, for about twenty five years and had a significant influence over uh, Melbourne and uh, particular church, particularly in churches in, uh, in, in Melbourne so yeah, we've had the great privilege of being involved uh, at city life. We still attend the church um, but we've certainly had the privilege of serving uh, on the ministry team there and city life has seen you know many people come to Christ and very multicultural a uh, congregation that has now reached out into uh, various parts of Melbourne in planting new, new services.
1: For those who don't know about Mission Australia, what do you guys do? Yeah, Mission Australia is a large Christian social
0: service provider. We're providing a lot of services for government, but also uh, services that we believe are effective in helping see people's lives transformed, uh, many that are marginalised and experiencing poverty, And we want to help people stand on their own feet and really discover the things that God has for their life so they can live the life that John uh, 10 verse 10 reminds us of, to live a life that is abundant and full. And so they can really achieve uh, all of the um, things that God's called them to.
1: And I've had uh, a little bit of involvement with Roma House in Brisbane. So the, the church I pastor is in Kelvin Grove and Roma House is just up the road and We have a soup kitchen every Friday and often people from Roma House will come along for a feed and they'll hear the gospel and and, uh, be involved. Tell us a bit about uh, that ministry, Roma House. What's the the focus there?
0: Roma House is one of our many accommodation support services where we'll have people either transitioning from rough sleeping, uh, maybe they have um, had other issues in their life, and we provide a stable accommodation environment for them to really get the, the support that they need and we have numbers of these services across Australia uh, that are helping literally thousands of people every night in supported accommodation and we do really value uh, the support of churches that are helping us to really provide a, a community of care for people who are marginalised. Because uh, We need to have people get into community Community is one of the things that are really lacking in our society today, particularly as we've faced the the issues over this year uh, of isolation, and people are really searching for community. Those that are in isolation, actually the opportunities that churches are providing uh, are really important and meaningful, and they meet more than just the physical hunger and food for that day, they're also meeting a community need. And inviting people into community, uh, but also inviting people into a spiritual journey too, where people can hear the good news that there's a loving God who cares for them. And for, for many of the people that we're working with, they're hearing this news for the first time, the good news of the gospel that they haven't actually heard before. And uh, we need you know to have people partnering with us uh, to help share God's love in a very practical and meaningful way.
1: I'd love to know a bit of the history of Mission Australia. I think it's 160 years old. Is that right?
0: Yeah, we're very privileged with the, the history that we have. And, you know, the executives and CEO that are at Mission Australia, we really feel that we are just custodians uh, for this ministry. Uh, Mission Australia began 160 years ago with uh, the Brisbane City Mission and the Sydney City Mission, many of these mission-type activities that were started because... There was no social support structure uh, in that time. And when people were in need, they were really desperate. And so many of these missions were started to support uh, um, single parents, orphans, uh, those that were unemployed. And over the years, we've been able to continue to do that and provide continuous support for many years. And now we're a national organisation. All of the city missions have joined together. Uh, and so we're a national organisation called Mission Australia and we're able to serve thousands of people across Australia each week in the, the various services that we have, whether that's in our homelessness services, we've got many drug and alcohol uh, rehabilitation services as well and reaching out to literally every major demographic uh, to provide support uh, to
1: Australia. Well, it certainly is uh, a massive organisation when you look at... Uh the, the footprint around the nation of what you guys do. And I know one area that, uh, you know, you guys work with the area of mental health and uh, people with addictions and things like that. You know, I think uh, there's so many people that are going through mental health battles. And, uh, you know, particularly after the year we've had, you know, so many uh, people have uh, really been, you know, struggling in that area, what kind of areas uh, do you provide? What kind of services do you provide for those uh, struggling with mental health issues?
0: Yeah, we have a lot of services that are provided uh, in the area of mental health and we know this has been a rising issue uh, and rising need uh, across our nation as people really cope with the uncertainty that's been uh, thrust upon us over these last few months. And so our services are providing counselling services, but also helping people really step out uh, their own mental health plan of how they can uh, stand on their own two feet and also what are the support structures that need to be put in place to achieve uh, optimum mental health. And, And really part of what we are providing is helping people to take the first step in the journey to recover their mental health Uh, and help them really to set themselves on the right path to move forward uh, to really uh, achieve uh, freedom from their mental health battles, but also uh, at times while they are in these mental health uh, battles, uh, helping them find the right support structure as they navigate uh, these various uh, challenges. Mm.
1: Well, it's a wonderful organisation. If people want to find out more, the website is missionaustralia.com.au. And uh, we've got a mutual friend, uh, Peter, who's a a chaplain uh, here in Brizzy. I had a coffee with him a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me he's a chaplain for the Defence Force, a chaplain for the police, a chaplain for uh, the different Mission Australia services you guys run. You know, it really is amazing how you guys are reaching out all across the nation. Uh, It's so good. And, of course, you're on social media if people want to connect with you there as well.
0: That's right. Matt, Matt, we do have a team of about a dozen chaplains nationally and Peter's one of them, uh, Peter's in Brisbane. But we do have a team of of about a dozen chaplains nationally, and they're from all different um, denominations, uh, reaching out with our organisation to share the gospel with our staff and our clients, all of those that we're working with. And it's wonderful to see the opportunities that come, not just in our workplace, uh, but beyond. And and Peter's a great example Mm. of reaching out to support people in need in uh, in many different areas of our community.
1: Fantastic, mate. Now, before we let you go, uh, you and I also met in Alice Springs when Will Graham was out here preaching the gospel. And I remember there was like 850 people came, to Christ, it was an amazing week. And uh, you're part of the board for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in Australia. Uh, Any word on uh, Will coming back to preach in Australia? Well, uh, any chance of the borders being open just for Will, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, we're praying and believing for that, and it was great that we could have some time together in Alice Springs and really see God do amazing things. Of course, Will Graham is Billy Graham's grandson, and uh, he continues to commit himself to coming to Australia to preach the gospel and share the good news about God's love. And we're seeing we have got a couple of Uh, events planned for Will, but of course, with the borders being shut, uh, they may be delayed. There's uh, opportunities in Tasmania that we're talking about and also in New Zealand. And we really want to see God's word continue to be proclaimed in our nation. And we also want to see as many people experience and encounter God's love as we can. And, you know, the media and the uh, opportunities we get on social media, uh, particularly whenever Will comes down to Australia, uh, a significant and we want to see him um, come more often uh, but at the moment he's, he has been coming down about once a year and we're looking forward to when the borders reopen uh, for him to be able to come and travel and be with us again soon so you and I might be able to catch up at that,
1: uh, at that next event that he's at It'd be great to see you again mate Wonderful to hear from you today Paul Thanks so much for your time, God bless If you'd like to hear this conversation again listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history.